Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me today is former offensive lineman for the Indianapolis Colts and a few other teams, Donald Thomas. Donald, welcome to the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on here and uh, give us your thoughts, share some of your uh, history, and and um, possibly get into the game this upcoming weekend. Man, man, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to, to, to get into it all and and uh, you know talk about the Colts and, and, and what the season has in store and you know, a little bit about me and the stories and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. So thank you. Absolutely. Um, so before we get into it, I just want to remind everybody that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available available to play right from your home head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts did i read week wiki right you didn't actually know you were going to play football till you already were at uconn <laughs> yeah so yeah, that's it <laughs> That's like a story that like I feel like everybody needs to know, like to set the, the groundwork. But um, yeah, I didn't play football. Literally, I never played football until I got to UConn. So mm-hmm. I walked on. First time I put a helmet on, it was uh, I was uh, 18 years old. The first time I put a helmet on, I put it on wrong. Um, I didn't know what I was doing out there on the field. I mean, I was just out there running around, just trying to do whatever they, uh, whatever I saw the older guys do. So yeah, it was a, it was a whirlwind to say like <laughs> from doing that, being that guy to three years later getting drafted. Uh, it was crazy. Wow. It happened fast, man. It happened really fast. And I was like, you know, I I, I never took anything for granted in my, in my career. I was just always thankful for the next step, the next step, the next step. Because I wasn't supposed to be here in a sense. Like everybody kind of not counting me out, but nobody counted me in because no one even knew. Like I'll come home. I'll come home. Like when I was in the league, I come back because I'm from Connecticut originally. I'll come home and people be like, Man, this is crazy, like, watching the game and seeing you out there. Like, you never even played football before. Like, where is this coming from? You know, and I'm like, I'm just doing what I'm, I guess, I'm supposed to be doing right now. Just, you know, just playing football. So, it was, it was fun. It was a fun experience, to say the least, um, because it happened so fast. But I was grateful for, like, all of it. You know what I'm saying? I started really taking it in and realizing that this is, like, a real thing for me. Like, this isn't now the fairy tale ride is over with now you're like you're in the grind because this is like real live live bullets and it's for money and you know it's big boy football you're really on tv every week and it was just a great experience so i will never you know through the injuries i suffered like I, I i still to this day you know i'm still thankful for this opportunity and you know if i you know the, the injuries are part of the a part of the deal we get it so i never wake up and i'm like i should have never played football i've never said that um, so I, just the limitations that my body has now, I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. I understand. Uh, I, I have a lot of, uh, I personally have a ton of respect for anyone who had major injuries and then fought through it. Now I understand 
having the injuries when you're already at the NFL level and fighting through it because you're like, the money's there, right, available if you could get through. But still, that takes a lot of heart to be able to push through and get through that that mental block of, oh, my goodness, I could get injured again. Seeing seeing guys like you, you know, uh, fighting through and, and, and trying to continue on, uh, I saw that you had the same injury back to back, which is kind of what ended up happening with you, right? That that freaking blows, dude. That yeah, sucks. man, that was it was horrible. You know, it was like the first time it happens, I'm like, you know, it happened in the game. And the crazy part is a lot, a lot of people don't even know this story. You want to know a crazy story, so I already kind of see it. But I had I tore my bicep, kind of mm. some scar, but I tore my bicep. Um, probably like three or four play. No, no, like for, let's let's set the record. Nobody outside of if you know me personally knows this story, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm in the game, and I this is we're, we're playing Miami. I'm with the Colts, and I'm blocking, and Ahmad Bradshaw releases out of the backfield, and he's going to give me like an extra chip block as he releases. Mm-hmm. And so I'm blocking my guy, and he. He 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 comes and hits the dude on my on my left side. So like he flies out this way, but I'm not expecting a, a chip. So when the dude goes out here, my arm gets extended, and you can see it better right there. Oh yeah, but my arm gets extended, and I tear my bicep, right? And so like I felt it rip, and I was like, God, man, like I knew because I felt I, I saw it rolling up, you know, rolling up uh, up, up my arm. My bicep, so I like it's crazy. Like I took it and I like pushed it back down like mm-hmm. this. And um, one of the guys looked at me. He was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Nothing." I was like, "Come on." We got back in the huddle, and I knew it was torn because every time I tried to like like flex it, I could feel it roll. But I was like, "All right, cool. If I if I stay here, I'm good." The minute that I extend like this, I felt it roll up. So I'm like, "All right, fine, whatever." Like make it to the half halftime. See if I can get like some type of brace put on it. But I'm not coming out the game, right? Uh, three plays later. I'm blocking a guy. Boom. I felt someone get leg whipped into me and I go, I drop down. Like the pain is like intensifying as I'm rolling around on the ground. I'm like, I guess this is like what it feels like to tear your ACL. Cause I'm like, I felt like I t- tore something. I hurt, felt something pop in my knee. So I'm laying there and they come out, they do the ACL test and they're like, you know, ACL's intact. It's fine. They're like, do me a favor. Like, can you bend your knee up? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think so. So I go to bend my knee and I felt like my whole quad roll up in my leg. Ooh. And I was like, ah, I was like, I was like, oh, I'll put it back. And I tried to put my leg back down. I couldn't put it back down. So he manually had to put it back down. And so then t- t- the doctor stuck his thumb on the top of my kneecap and it just sunk all the way in. Like it just, like if this mm-hmm. is the top of your kneecap, it just went like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so he looked up, he's like, he looked up, he's like, quad tendon. And I'm like, quad tendon. And so then he's like, yeah, go get the cart. And I'm like, oh. So they go get the cart. So I'm laying there, and mind you, it's my right leg. So my right leg is stretched out, and my arm is like this. So I'm just like laying on the ground, right? So one of the other um, trainers, Kyle, he's still there with the coach now. Uh, I'm looking up, and my like, Kyle, he's like, what's up, buddy? And this is stuff people don't know, right? He's like, what's up, buddy? I'm like, I'm like, hey, man. I'm like, um, I think I tore my bicep, too. He's like, what? Like that, right? And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm like, and he's like, he's like, he's like, make a muscle. And I did like this and it wrote, it. Said, oh, okay, 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 buddy. Like that. And that was just like, that was, that, that was a rough game. That was a tough pill to, you know, swallow kind of with the injury. And then it kind of came back the next, next year. And um, it happened again during training camp. And I was on a 20, I was like a 25 play count 
per per practice, um, you know, rep count. And I was on play number 23 and the ones came out. So I'm thinking I'm good for the rest of practice. Well, lo and behold, they wanted me to be the starting guard and then the backup center. If something happens to the backup to this to our center, I'll slide over to, to, to center. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, I'm taking my stuff off. I'm like, we're done. You know, it's like the twos and threes are going. And then our coach is like, the line coach at the time, Joe, he's like, hey, he's like, Donald, I want you to take these uh, next two reps at center. I'm like, come on, Joe. I'm like, come on, man. Like, like come on, man. Like, yeah, you want to push it all the way to 25. Like, 23 is okay. So I, went in, <laughs> right. I went in for play 24. I was fine. And tw- play 25, it just gave out on me again. And I was, I was out. So that's how it kind of went down with the injury kind of deal. And I know it, it was tough just because, you know, I came with such high hopes to kind of mm-hmm. revamp that line um, the year prior with what Grigson was adding on to, um, you know, the pieces of the puzzle. And, you know, granted, a lot of people that know me in my career knew, like, the prior pre-post down Thomas, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I could play, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I got here, I wasn't able to really showcase that fully uh, just because that's how the – I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbled. And, you know, what what can you do at sometimes when it, when it happens, it just happens. And, you know, that's the tough part for players. To, that's a tough pill for players to swallow. But it's also a tough pill, you know, for players that, for, for players' perspective because they know what it feels like, but the fans don't. The fans just want to see you out there, you know, being productive. What are you worth to the team? Help us win, not some guy that's hurt. Why are you hurt? You're a bum, blah, 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 blah. But you don't know. It's like, I don't want to be hurt either. Like, I don't want to be getting surgeries. Exactly. And yeah. My, I was married at the time, and my wife, I can't help her. You know, um, she's pregnant at the same time. And so we have a two-year-old, and she's pregnant. I can't even take the trash out. She's doing it all. Like, my daughter came, and I had a, a my, my brace on. I hadn't driven a car in four or five months. I had to rip the brace off throw my leg in the car and drive her to the hospital because her water broke and she was having contractions. Like, you know what I'm saying? Crazy stuff like that. Just part of the deal. You're a human being too, you know, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So people got to realize that sometimes. Oh my. I'm the real, like, listen, I'm the most transparent person you ever meet ever. (laughs) I don't care. I'll talk about it all. Like I'll talk about divorce, kids, custody, what I do now, whatever, man. I, I like this be real because people don't think that you have the same issues they have and stuff like that. It's just like, I just yeah. happen to be a guy that was good in football at the same time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's good at something. Right. And right. You know, yeah, yeah. you were an athlete. That's what you were really good at being an athlete. Dude, from what I saw, you were good at multiple different sports. It's just, Football came calling and paid you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you ask me, I was the next Aaron Judge or the next, you know, I grew up a Yankees fan from Connecticut. So, like, you know, I was all about Wade Boggs and, and Daryl Strawberry and all those dudes and, you know, uh, the Yankees of the 90s, the, the 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 powerhouse and the world champion. So I was, I was engulfed in baseball. Like, baseball was my life. I loved baseball. Like, oh, wow. nothing was better to me than baseball. If I, I could play baseball – from sun up to sundown, my mom had to drag me in the house. Like I just love playing the game. So, um, but I just was really just excelled in football. Once I finally got a chance to put a helmet on, um, I was actually halfway decent at it. And so it kind of worked out. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking a little bit before beforehand and oh my goodness, you have 
you have went through it, my guy. Wow. Uh, it kind of, from what I'm gathering, it came very fast. Uh, football came very fast and hectic for you. And it pretty much it seemed like it ended the same way, right? Uh, just different level, but very fast and hectic kind of ended for you at that spot. What was some of the most important things I'm curious about that you had learned through that period where football was very prevalent in your life? Uh, you know, one of the main um, things that I learned is you have to be able to, you control what you control, right? And you can't worry about anything else. You have to just control the controllables um, and you have to take out the politics of the game. And uh, what I learned is, you know, through my through my uh, career, you know, I was always up against the eight ball, so to speak, right? I was a walk-on at UConn, um, never having any football experience that I stepped on campus um, to earning a scholarship my senior year, um, get, coming back for a fifth year, and then getting drafted since the NFL in three years, a very short amount of time. But I always just took the politics out of it, right? And so there's a lot of politics in the game. That's in any sport. And I tell people all the time, like, take the politics out of the game, right? Be that good, right? Play that hard, right? Just work your butt off so that you don't worry about the politics and they have to put you on the field. They have to put you in the game at some point and you just have to show up. That's it, man. You know, one of those things where I tell the kids that I'm coaching, training, um, guys that I talk to, take the politics out of it. Control what you can control and everything else should take care of yourself, right? Um, and then to just be patient. Be patient and just work your butt off and just and just keep your head down. And, and it's never good enough. It's never good enough to reach that 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 plateau and think you've made it because you just got to keep pushing. Because in this game, we know in the NFL, it's not for long. And it's who else we can replace you with is cheaper and, and, and younger and better. Um, and and you, you have to be able to understand that part of the game, too, so you can continue to perform as well, because they're trying to replace you no matter what. They give you a brand new uh, contract. But if they find somebody that's cheaper, he's waiting in the wings. The minute you kind of slip up or get injured, he's going in the game, and then he takes off, right? So, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I've heard that from a few people, actually, that have talked about that. Uh, something else that I've, I've talked with a lot of people is Grigson, right? Now, this is a guy who come in uh, 2012, tried to rebuild after the – Peyton Manning era, right, was over with, brought in some new faces, um, hired a few people. There's multiple different uh, ways that people looked at Ryan Grigson. You had some guys who were like, you know what, I won't say anything bad about him because he gave me a job, right? right. And then there are others um, that are very outspoken against him, even though they get, he gave him the job, like, say, I don't know, Pat McAfee, for one, is a guy who very outspoken against Ryan Grigson. Um, but there's there, there's multiple different looks at this. I'm curious, what was your experience in the locker room and 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 maybe personal one-on-ones with, with guys around you with when you were with the Indianapolis Colts? What was your experience like here? I'll say this to start off with what you said, right? Um, Grigson took a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Grigson uh, he took a lot of heat, and, and and people don't realize, or some people do, but to be a general manager of a of a professional team where you have to take actual living human beings and try to figure out if that piece works in the puzzle, and if it fits, it's not easy, right? And I and in Grigson, I feel like 
got a lot of bad rep rap because of that, right? But I feel like he just made aggressive decisions that he felt like were going like he went with his gut more than his than really analyzing to see if this is going to work. Um, you know, he 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 wanted to revamp the offensive line. And mm-hmm. you know, like we tried it, right? I got hurt. Um, and so that was a knock on Grigson, right? But no one I I got hurt, right? Um, the Trent Richardson deal, I mean, there's a reason why they're willing to give away a first round pick so so easily that they just got sometimes some you have to back off on that, right? And you have to listen to what the people are saying about a player, and that can set a, a franchise back. And in my opinion, it really kind of did set the franchise back um a little bit with those with the draft picks, what we gave up for them and all that kind of stuff. But that's either here nor there. Um, to answer your question about the locker room and guys, um, you know, it was an interesting group of guys at the time. Um, everybody pretty much got along for the most part. There were guys that felt like some guys should have been there because of Grigson's moves and stuff like that. But for the most part, at the end of the day, we all agreed to get one thing accomplished, and that was to try to win football games. And so um, I had a great experience in the locker room with a lot of the guys that were there. Um, I mean, I got welcomed with open arms and I was coming from New England at the time. Um, coming to coming here is like you're going from one to the other. And it's like, that's not, you know, something yeah. that um, is, you know, looked, you know, looked upon. It's actually kind of frowned upon. But at the end of the day, you know, I looked at it as, listen, I'm, you know, I'm in this thing as a it's a is a business decision. What's gonna be best for me and my family in the long run? Um, and so guys and everyone in the locker room gets it, right? It's the fans and everybody else is like, I can't believe you came from New England, or you know, I can't believe you would go there. And it's like everyone, the players are like, Hey, what's up? We get it, like then come on over, you know, like let's now let's go beat them next year, right? So um, you know, that's just how it is. But I had a great experience. The time I spent here was great. Everybody was the, the city was great, you know, where I live at, everyone was welcoming once I got asked the two two famous questions right um first one is how's Tom Brady what's Tom Brady like and then how is Belichick and once we got past those two questions then it was like all right cool right and so we kind of we we could move past that and just talk regular so uh but yeah man I had a, a great time with the Colts great time oh that's that's awesome and yeah uh from a fan perspective that you, you hit it on the head. It's like the two opposites, right? Especially during that time uh, when Tom was still playing and Peyton, you know, just went over to the, the, the Broncos and that whole situation that was going on. The fan base was very, Oh, I don't know what you say. Not very fond of anyone out of new England. Right. But again, you talked about earlier, I think before we started recording, players are people too you know and it's just a it's a job for you guys right it's, it's your livelihoods and you're, you're you're just going from one place to another trying to make your life you know continue your your employment and you know provide for you and your family so um from that aspect i think fans should kind of kind of back off a little i remember when reggie wayne uh when he played his last year as a colt and he went over to New England, right? Oh, wow. Could you imagine how the fans, because yeah. he was like a hometown hero here, right? right? And now he's got a New England Patriots uniform on, practicing with them during training camp, you know? Yeah. So uh, people just need to, as you say, back off a little bit and kind of see things from a, a human perspective in this, in, at, 
at least some of the time. Come on, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was a uh, no love loss that he had with with the Colts. It was mm-hmm. one of those things where he didn't think he was done playing football. He wasn't ready to be done just yet. And you know, the Colts were like, "Well, we're, it's time for us to move on. We love you." And he was mm-hmm. like, "All right." And Belichick was like, "Well, let me kick the tires on on old Reggie and see if Reggie still has it and wants to play." And then within like a week week or so, Reggie called me. People don't know this story, right? Reggie called me and it was like, hey, because he knew I came from New England, right? He was mm-hmm. like, hey, man. He was like, I don't know about this one. I was like, what? He was like, he was like, this is like, it's like, it's like, it's too strict up here, right? He was like, oh, we running all the time after practice, stuff like that. But when you have a player that's in one spot for so long and he's accustomed to it being a certain way, and then you come to, you know, somewhere else where it's so different not in just the winning culture because, you know, he had a heck of a run with the mm-hmm. coach winning, but with the way they do things, right? I mean, like in his era when they won the Super Bowl and all that, they had a certain way they did things. And when we won in New England, we had a certain way of doing things. And Belichick isn't changing because his way works. He wasn't used to that. So it just didn't – it didn't mesh. And he, I think he realized, like, you know, I can't run with these young boys anymore, you know, all the above. So he kind of, you know, figured it out by then that he was done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get into the uh, uh, upcoming game, Colts uh, hosting the Jaguars, is there uh, anything that you would like to share uh, with the viewers, a story or, or something that you want to you discuss? If, I don't know, uh, especially if you ha- happen to have uh, anything that you support when it comes to like a charity or something of that nature as well, because I always uh, ask, players and former players if they have anything that they they you know really focus on and support to go ahead and share that as well so uh any stories or any charities that you support feel free uh go ahead and and, and let these people know a little bit about it yeah no so i i'm, I'm not currently involved with any charities right now uh, okay. at the moment i was involved when i was with the coast there was a great great charity um and it's actually uh still active and going on now it's called boys to men and it was a great mentorship kind of like if you would take, for instance, it was kind of a more so like a like a urban Boy Scouts in a sense. Right. Like they're taking these young boys and putting them through this, these programs and grooming them into fine young men. And I still keep in touch with um, with the with the, the, the guy, the president who, who runs Boys to Men. They're still active. It's a great organization. Um, and so I, I really applaud those kind of, you know, um, those kind of platforms that that allow to give you know our underprivileged youth really a chance to to, to see things and it, that are more than what they see on a regular day basis and kind of strive to, to to be great because a lot of them don't see the the way that they the only way that they can be great is to play a sport and it's way more than that right like if I could go through what I went through and understand the other side of the game and what's oh like what's past the game, how important it is to establish yourself, you know what I'm saying, in the community and in your career and all that kind of stuff. Um, these are the programs that help those boys see that, right? To not have to think that they just have to be able to bounce a ball, catch a ball or hit a ball to be successful or to make it out, you know, of the inner city or be, you know, have, make money. There's way more opportunities to. So they, I, that's the one that I've been involved with um, in the past. You know, just another like initiative I have is just being able to, you know, I coach my son's uh, fifth and sixth grade travel team actually with Gary Brackett. I'm with Gary every day. 
Um, oh, awesome. his, yeah, his, his son is in sixth grade with, with mine, and so we coach the same team together. Um, but yeah, so I just like to give back to the youth, where right? I feel like the 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 learn like the, the the knowledge that I have for the game, the teachings that I was able to to receive. Like if I didn't give it back to the to to, to the youth football level. So I can build a good foundation because honestly, I mean, not knocking anybody because people we're all we all volunteer at this level. There's a lot of people that really don't know what they're talking about, and they're setting mm-hmm. a bad foundation of football. And so I always told my son, whoever comes in contact on the teams that he's on is going to be, listen, I'm going to give you the game from a high level perspective, but we're going to build a great foundation. So no matter when you're gone from me, you understand the game better. You have better technique, better fundamentals, better better skills, just an overall better understanding of the game and what to expect and how to, how to attack it and approach it. And then you'll get as much as you can out of your football experience. So that's my initiative now um, with helping to give back. I guess it's all youth, man. It's just all making sure that people, the kids that come from, come, you know, from behind um, when we're long and gone, we, they can give back as well is my, you know, main, main, main objective. Well, that's a that's a fantastic objective, though. I mean, you're you're investing into the future, you know, of the human race, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think that's a that's a wonderful thing to do. All right. Well, thanks again. Um, hope to talk to you again sometime in the future, uh, hopefully soon. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That's Donald Thomas. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual. Go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.